one, and welcome to ADV Motive Live number 20 this Thursday night. Guess what it is? It's December 3rd. It's getting there towards the end of the year. Crazy year. And getting closer to the holiday season and New Year's. Tonight, we have a very special topic. Uh, it's, it's very close to me. I'm looking on the screen right now at some really cool people. I cannot wait to bring them on. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. But some of us learn to ride at different stages in our lives. And although it's probably never too late for many, riding is a skill that we can pick up from a very, very young age. And this has benefits to both parents and kids that will last a lifetime. Is it difficult to get your kids riding? What kind of gear and things do you need? This and more family questions on this episode of ADV Moto Live. All right. You know, motorcycling in the United States and many parts of the world got a surprising bump from, <laughs> from COVID. <laughs> As dealers see units fly out the door, it's clear more and more people are riding, which is an awesome thing. But while we welcome more new riders, there's one segment of the new rider community which almost never gets discussed in mainstream motorcycle media. But I'm here to tell you that it is the most important, and that is kids. That's right. Getting kids riding is not only critical for the long-term survival of motorcycling around the world, but it isn't as hard as some may think and yields many, many, many levels of rewards. So who better to talk about this than one of the most riding families around? Everyone, please welcome Vanessa, Ryan, Ruby, and Everly from the Full Throttle family. Hi. How's it going, guys? You guys get the applaud track, of course. Excellent. How How's everyone doing over there? So we'll say, introduce yourself. What's your say name? Hi. Yeah, what's your name? What? Ruby. You're Ruby. Yeah. Ruby. I'm Everly back here. Sorry, sorry what'd you say again? I'm Everly back here. Everly, how, how are you doing tonight? Good. Hey, what's those cool shirts you got on? It's your motorcycle club? It's your motorcycle club. That's great. So both of you ride? Yeah. yeah. You both ride? Do you like riding? Yeah. Oh, really? What's your favorite thing about riding? Why do you really like riding? Yeah, about riding is because I get to ride with my friends. You get to ride with your friends? Yeah. Whoa. How about you, Ruby? I, I ride in my friend. She likes to ride with her friends and she likes to ride on other people's motorcycles. <laughs> oh, you like to ride other people's motorcycles. That's like OPM, other people's motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> there are some adults that still like to ride on other people's motorcycles. <laughs> You're just lucky if they don't crash them. That's great. That's great. So how long have you guys been riding? How long have you been riding? A year. One year? Are you really good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're really good. Are you racing your motorcycle? Do you like to race with your friends? Mm, a little bit. You like to race a little bit? You like to do wheelies. <laughs> you like to do wheelies? They're already doing wheelies. Ryan, can you can can you fact check for that? Not, not on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> A little bit more whiskey throttle wheeling. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Or, or should I say like a milk throttle wheeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. How, how about you, Ruby? Hey. No wheeling. Yeah. You try riding a couple times, but you're a little scary, eh? Yeah, we're going to talk about that when the yeah. right time to Oh. Stop. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? This is probably a good time to go ahead and bring this in. So who's that right there? Who's who's that? Who's that doing burnouts in the mud? Yeah. Is that everyone? Ah, then she's just flying down the road there. That's cool. Do you like doing the burnouts in the mud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you gotta somebody's gotta sacrifice himself to go push her out and then get covered in mud. Oh, I know, but that's what parents are for, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is it late for you guys now? Yeah. Is it your bedtime now? No. Close. No. No, it's close. So, how often do you guys go riding together, like as a family? Almost, almost every other weekend, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but almost every other weekend. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, that's cool. Do you feel like that's enough time, like for everyone to start learning? It's the right time for everybody to start learning. No, you know, like enough time. Enough time. Oh, yeah. absolutely. They ride at home too in our in our yard all the time, and 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, I make a lot of dirt. I make a lot of dirt. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, she makes a lot of holes in her car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mommy's ripping up the grass, grass, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. So does she make you guys fix it? No. 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 <laughs> So do you no. guys want to say bye and go and hang out a little bit while we talk? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Thanks for coming on, girls. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we'll see more pictures of you guys riding <laughs> and racing and doing wheelies and mud burnouts. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's... She's that's so cocky. You think so? Well, that's cool, though. You know, I mean, that's what being young is about, right? Oh, yeah. No, she's yeah. got lots of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, we we have a question uh, from the from the room, which is: Do you guys ride snowmobiles in the winter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, right on. And and I guess the girls are not large enough to do that, right? I mean, there's there's no like mini toddler or kind of like kid size youth size snowmobiles. Yeah, are there's they? there's little snowmobiles. You can buy kid size ones. They're not the best, and uh, if you're riding around your own property, it's okay. But you can't really ride them on the trails and that. But we as a family. Yeah, we switch in the wintertime. We jump on our snowmobiles and we go out as a family as well on our snowmobiles. Oh, man, that's... Oh, yeah, man. it's very it's very fun to get them dressed, to get out at minus 30. They're having a meltdown. We're all sweaty before we even get out there. Yeah. And then within five minutes, they're both sound asleep on the snowmobile. Oh, they're just sleeping on the back? Oh, yeah, 100, like, passed out. Like, <laughs> we get going and they fall asleep right away. Yeah, I call that the sack of potatoes syndrome. My son has that too. He's like eight, nine years old. And we'll be riding around on the back of the motorcycle. You know, his legs are long enough to touch the rear pegs now. We'll be riding around on the back of the motorcycle. And you can always tell when someone's falling asleep on the back of a motorcycle because they kind of slump forward and they might bang your helmet or something like that. Yeah. You know, so I'm like smacking his leg. I'm like, wake up, dude. How are you falling asleep on the back of a motorcycle? You know what I mean? Like dirt roads and everything. It's bumpy. You know what I mean? Awesome. Oh, yeah. They, they fall asleep. We go for lunch or whatever on snowmobiles. They'll fall asleep. Done. Right away. Wow, it must be the motion. Yeah, and Ruby does that when she rides around on other people's motorcycles. She has a tendency to fall asleep. Falling asleep while riding. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she'll be out with somebody, and she'll, like, go ride around, and the next thing you, know, you look over, and she'll, like, asleep and, and that on the bike. It's a fun way to put a kid down for a nap. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really fun way. Is it – I mean, do you think it's just – they get tired and then they fall asleep or do you think it's just that it's a relax that that it's actually enjoyable and relaxing and then they just kind of feel comfortable on it or what it's not fresh air and they must have a lot of trust in us actually yeah well well, that's awesome that's awesome so you know i mean could you guys please introduce yourselves um you know in terms of you know where you are uh and what you guys uh, you know kind of do for a regular living that intro was a little bit chaotic so <laughs> we'll apologize no no it's good it's good <laughs> Uh, so I'm Vanessa, and we're in Sudbury, Ontario, which is about four hours north of Toronto. And uh, what's your name? And I'm Ryan, and uh, I work, I, I'm a contractor. We do railroad work and heavy equipment work and stuff like that. Awesome. So how did you guys, you know, start start getting into riding? Like, what was your first bikes and, you know, what bikes do you, you currently own? Oh boy. Okay. This is an hour show. We're going to have to keep this short. Um, I've wanted to ride my entire life. I have a really early memory of going riding with my aunt as a little kid. And I just remember that warm air on me and the wind and I got stung by a bee. And for some reason that kind of stuck with me as a good memory. So I thought when I'm going to grow up, I'm going to get a motorcycle. And then I grew up and excuses started to come my way. So I'm not making a lot of money. I should, you know, buy a car. I should buy a house. And then I have kids and there's too much traffic in the city. So I only started riding two years ago. We moved to the north. So the traffic excuse was gone. My kids were old enough and kind of have some money now to buy toys. So I said, okay, enough with the excuses. I am doing this. And there's also kind of that fear that you're like getting too old to start new hobbies for some reason. I don't know why we think that way. So uh, I went on my own because this guy wasn't on board with it yet. And I got my license over the, over the weekend and I went to a dealership by myself and I was totally clueless. I showed up and I was like, 
yeah, I want a bike that goes on the road and off the roads. Like I didn't even know it was called a dual sport. Like I had no idea. And uh, I got a Yamaha XT250. Cool bikes. Oh yeah, super awesome bike. I could talk about that bike for an hour. And uh, that just introduced me to trail riding, to single track, to adventure riding, uh, all on the same little bike. And uh, I had an amazing 2019 season. That's where I made, met all my bike friends. And from there, that's how we started with our club, Sara. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's where I realized that maybe for single track, it wasn't the lightest bike. So, and I'm going to stop doing quotations now, people. Okay. Just <laughs> stop me now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or is this the bunny foo-foo thing? Oh, yeah. Right. Go. <laughs> uh, so, long story short, I got a KLX 140G. That's the big wheel one, full-size <laughs> one. <laughs> and uh, I studied that last winter, and I rode that bike all winter in my yard. And uh, when spring came, I was already a pro on it. Yeah. And so I rode that all season. And then I continued riding my XT250. Um, however, I kind of realized that I was maybe graduating past Fufu speeds. Okay, yeah. So as fun as the XT is, and it's a uh, sort of a lazy boy, the stuff that we were doing was maybe... I needed to upgrade my my bike if I wanted to keep upgrading my skills. So ah. all that to say, that is how I got my beautiful bike named Betty, the Beta 390 RRS. Yes, you have talked about that a whole bunch. And <laughs> we were working on, you know, some content for that too together. I know. There, yeah, but you really seem smitten with it. Oh, I love that bike. And I got it at the end of October and I thought that, you know, I would only get to ride it a little bit and I've put, I'd have to check, but probably close to a thousand kilometers since October on it, doing just trail riding with it. So I'm pretty stoked. Now I'll be quiet. Your turn. <laughs> so yeah, I started riding, I got my motorcycle license at the end of last year, the very end of last year. And that was it. I kind of, I rode the course and that was kind of it. I had one other previous, like years ago when I was younger, I had a previous experience where I rode a motorcycle for about 30 seconds and then flipped it. And I hadn't touched one until last year. And then I rode it. I, I rode Vanessa a little bit at the end of the year. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go my license. I went and got my license. And then I rode all this summer. And I bought a WR250R. Hell yeah. And, uh, it's an, I, I like the bike. It's heavy, but I like it. It's taken one heck of a beating. I'll tell you that. It's been like flipped and smashed and crashed and, uh, and everything. But it keeps running. So it's been a really good bike that way. Uh, for me, and that's that's the bike I started with, and that's the one I still have. So I like it. I enjoy it. It was a good bike for me to begin with, I find. But, but yeah. why did you start riding? That was the question. Because mm -hmm. you. Oh. Oh, got to drop some cred. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's cool. so, so you got your license first then, Vanessa. Is that correct? Yeah, I got mine in 2019. Oh. And he's sort of watching from the sidelines and feeling really left out. And he's like, okay, maybe I should go get my license and be part of the gang. Well, yeah, but I got to like fix everything, set everything up, do all this. So I was like, I need to get a motorcycle so I can leave her here after I've like set everything up and mm. then I can go and ride around and relax for a minute. After right, all right. So, so you guys, I guess in a pretty short amount of time, have really gotten just, just dove right in. You guys just jumped off the pier into the world of motorcycling, which is fantastic. And you started a club. Can you tell us a little bit of something about that? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so in Ontario, um, we have the Ontario Federation of Trail Riders, which is the body that uh, all the smaller clubs belong to. And uh, this is a paid club that we buy a season pass, a membership for. And being a member of the OFTR gives you access to trails all over Ontario. And these are beautiful maintained trails. And so in Sudbury, we didn't have a club, but we had enough uh, momentum going in 2019 to um, put a club together. Yeah. And uh, I was asked to be on the board, which was pretty awesome for my first year of riding to be asked to be part of something uh, that, uh, that big. And uh, so we just finished our inaugural year during COVID. So which kind of 
you know, put a sticks in our spokes a little bit, but at the same time, we were able to still have our club rides, still have some of our events, obviously with some social distancing kind of measures, but there's never, nothing better than being outdoors, right? Yeah, you're outside the whole time anyways, right? So Yeah, helmets, oh. we're good, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess then you guys started riding, or at least you got your licenses, right, after you had your kids. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a, that's one of those things where as a mom, you're, if something happens to you, you know, yeah. it is, but at the same time, you have to, you have to live your life. Right. So uh, I was 31 when I got my license and no regrets. Like I'm, I'm already thinking about my next bike. I lay awake at night thinking about motorcycles, about trips I'm going to take. Like I'm completely addicted. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, and and Ryan, do you feel the same way or? I love it. I love the riding. Um, but there's a lot more behind the scenes too, though, of just not just uh, the riding. And there's all the stuff with the kids and getting them ready. And, you know, with, with having the kids and going riding, it's a bit more than just us riding. It's also uh, making sure that they're into it and they have all the stuff that they need too, right? To make it enjoyable for them for the day. So that's a big part of it too. Yeah, yeah. When the yeah, kids are there, we have to kind of sacrifice, not sacrifice, but we have to also tend to their needs. It's like going skiing or anything with kids, getting them dressed, getting their gear, getting our gear, like you said, getting the trailer unloaded. It's it's a big ordeal. Like it's it's yeah. nice if you can do it out of your home, but if you're traveling somewhere, definitely you need uh, some teamwork. Eh? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's a little extra work for sure, you know. But uh, you know, I mean, seeing as how you guys just recently started riding. You know, was there a moment where you were where you were questioning? It's like, well, you know, I don't know if we should get the kids into it. It's like too early. Or were you guys always just kind of like, uh, hell yeah. I mean, if they can ride uh, and there's little bikes for them, then we should let them ride and we should all share this together. No, it's definitely like, especially up here. Like I find out like we're originally from Toronto ourselves and then we moved up here several years ago up north. And that's the thing, like you need to do that. You need to have family activities up here to do and it's a really good family activity that we all can do and uh and it's just one of those things like you have to it's way better than being you know in in like a uh, like a gta area and you're going to a mall or going somewhere else it's way better as a family that you spend the day outside spend the day with friends you know you're you're out in the woods you're you know, doing that kind of stuff, it's better than being trapped, you know, in a mall or you know, something like that, right? Or in, or in your house or your apartment or whatever. Yeah, you know, speaking of being trapped and stuff, uh, we got a question from the chat room too, which is, you know, how is the COVID restriction stuff where you are? Uh, but right now, uh, I, I don't even know. You, what have, you have to wear a mask here, but like, so we're not in the, like, Toronto is different. Like, it's all yeah. sort of Ontario is all kind of split up. So, here in Northern Ontario, where we are, you're uh, supposed to wear a mask inside everywhere. You can eat You can eat inside still up here. Like you can go to the restaurant, sit down, eat if you want inside. There's limited numbers, but it's not, where we are is very different than like down South. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not like you're always packed in anyways in that, like in the stores and, and restaurants. So it's a, it's not quite the same that way, but yeah, it's not as stringent here as what it is in Toronto, where you you know you can only you can go in and do like curbside pickup and all that. Here, you can go into the stores and buy whatever and, and go shopping like like normal, except you have to wear a mask. That's the only thing. Mm, okay, okay, so so it's not too crazy then. No. Yeah. So all right, so you kind of get your licenses, you're digging it. It's a cool activity. You already got kids, and you figure, all right. You know, you know, let's just let's just get everybody riding. Let's just stay outdoors. Let's just make this a family thing. You know, did your did your club help? You know, help with that? Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. The key is to have uh, basically your club is like a family, and having the advice of other people who have been through it with their kids and uh, can guide you in the right direction. Uh, you have to remember though that. It's like anything everybody's got their own way of doing things so as a parent you have to still be able to make the decisions for your kids and know the maturity level of your child like somebody can start their kid at three years old well we can tell you uh the little one ruby 
is not ready to be on wasn't ready to be on a bike and she's four like the attention span is not there and they have to have some understanding right so some people will not put their kids on a motorcycle unless they can ride a bicycle without training wheels for example they need to be able to ride their bikes without training wheels for a full season and then they can get on a motorcycle we were a little bit excited because we got into riding and we um were able to borrow a a friend's pw50 for our daughter and she was riding without training wheels but not very well a bicycle and then they're so little like she was five and so to understand the throttle and to understand the brakes that's a lot so i did not want to wait another season so we did get the training wheels to put on the pw some people are against that yeah, what are your thoughts about that? It helps if you can ride. If, like for her, like she has, like she's mastered the bicycle now, and that it helps if they can master riding around on a pedal bike. Like if you yeah. can ride around and, and and get your balance on a pedal bike, or even I think um, what, what's the, the other bike that Ruby has with that um, a push, uh, not, not a glider bike, a straddle bike, a straddle bike. Like even that, like one of those bikes you push the kids push with their feet. And mm-hmm. then you put your feet up on it and, and it just coasts along. Like even that, if they can master that, that's a big help towards being able to get on to the motorcycle itself and understand the balance part, right? That's a oh, key yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And how cool is that? We didn't have that stuff. Like when we were growing up, you know what I mean? There wasn't any first bikes or balance bikes or any, you know, striders or anything like that. No. You know I mean? We all learned riding on bikes that were way too large. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like at least I did. I mean, you know, like, you know, I remember feeling like Kermit the Frog riding a bicycle the first time. Right. Like, you're, you know, you're reaching for the pedals and stuff. Right. And now with like all the different electric options that, uh, that you have, um, they, they can't hear, but we did buy a Stasic electric bicycle for them for uh, Christmas. And uh, we borrowed one from a friend to try it out. And uh, Everly just got on it and was just zipping around. And I think that's going to be a huge confidence builder because it's got uh, three different modes and it goes up to 11 miles per hour. That's plenty. Yeah, that's plenty. That's that's plenty fast with no suspension. Like it's a bicycle, right? Oh, Uh, that's right. Those have no suspension at all, right? Yeah, they're all rigid. Yeah. Right. And then so we have friends that have the, uh, the OSET, the little electric bikes. And those seem to be a pretty good route to go if you want to skip the whole training wheel because they're really just dragging their feet and, you know, giving it a little bit of throttle. You can dumb it down and then eventually they just kind of get going. So if you can get your hands on a second one, like a second hand one, because they're pretty expensive new. And that's that's the thing, too, though, being part of a club like it's pretty nice because you can try like all the little kids can try each other's bikes out to, to see mm-hmm. what sort of fits them or like the we bought a bike we bought a what's it a, a ttr 50 yeah ttr 50 and a friend of ours had a the pw 50 and we were able to switch bikes that's the nice thing with being in a community like that and, the, and having the club is you can swap stuff like that around and try it out or if you get something that doesn't fit your kid bike wise you can you can just switch them back and forth with one another right yeah, that's awesome. So the club was a big help. And I guess there was already other parents there that had kids that were riding, maybe some were older or younger, and you just kind of see it. Oh, yeah. And it's so good for the kids to see each other yeah. because it almost becomes a little bit of a competition between them. Like, oh, okay, my friend's doing that. Okay, let's... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll keep going just because, you know, they, they're like, like, been out there forever. And you're like, oh, you had enough? No, my friend's still going, so they'll still want to go. And it's like, okay, well... You know, keep going then, right? Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's it's a good little competition for them to have with each other and, and that. And another great part to mention about being part of a club is that we are kind of pawn our kids off on each other a little bit. So uh, one of our properties is private property and there's a dirt track, there's a single track, there's an enduro cross. And so there's a little bit of everything. So we sort of set up a home base and then the kids are kind of, together and then they yeah. ride and then you know a parent will watch the kids and then the other parents will go out and ride so it's fun for the yeah, whole family no it's good for everybody not not just us but then the other parents too because then they uh, you know they leave their kids and they take a break and go riding and vice versa so it's it's good that way yeah man you, you know what they say it takes a village right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for, for sure for sure because the kids have so much energy They'll burn you out on a normal day, mm-hmm. and you know, and they can they can black hole all of the attention you give them. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? oh, yeah. They they will keep taking the attention and, and loving it. Yeah. And it's good for them too, but as an individual, you still have to have a little bit of your own space and, you know, uh, and and a, and a room to make some of your own sanity. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you are um thinking about the writing, you know, I mean, like it's obviously cool to see the kids learning, you know, as I believe Liza Coco. Yeah. Hi Liza. Liza. Coco said <laughs> It's amazing to watch the kids grow in ability, and that's totally true. But wh what do you feel like you get out of it as parents? Oh, it's pretty neat to see them to be like to, to go and like jump on the bike and take off and and rip around and like Everly. It's it's impressive. Like she gets on the bike and has like no fear of speed and just takes off. And it's you know it's yeah. neat to see her you know carry on and go off like that. And and that I, I what are you talking about? It's pure jealousy that we feel. Like why didn't we do this as kids? Like. <laughs> They're living their best, they're living their best lives and they have no idea. They are so spoiled. Yeah. And uh, but like as a parent, I feel like it makes us feel pretty badass, like you know, to get all geared up and we're like, yeah, okay, we're pretty cool. Like we wouldn't be able to do this if we live if we hadn't moved up here, yeah. right? We like he said before, we'd probably be hanging out at the mall on the weekends, you know, maybe going for you for the occasional pedal bike ride. Right. Like now we're riding in the bush with our kids. Like it feels pretty awesome yeah you're ripping up I, and like I, I gotta tell you went to like an ama vintage days and they had all kinds of racing and they had like the little peewee kids racing around the little motocross track and you can see these little kids running around these little ttr 50s with these giant bobbleheads the helmets are so huge and they can yeah. hardly hold them up and they're like riding around like this it's the <laughs> best thing ever man that was like that was like the most here to is seeing these little tiny bodies with these huge dirt helmet heads it's just the best thing ever. I mean, you right. couldn't even draw a cartoon better than that. <laughs> yeah, we had that one picture of Ruby that's hilarious. She's like talking. Ruby's like talking to one of the other little kids who's in the group there, and she's talking, and her helmet's like the same size as her body almost, and she's like there. And same thing, like I say, she's like a bobblehead. She's kind of like moving back and forth because her helmet's so big. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It's it's real precious moments, and they grow up so fast too. You know, those you don't you don't get that forever. Yes, it is an expensive hobby, though. It's. It's just going to keep getting more expensive as we keep going, right? Yeah. yeah. But but again, though, going back to having like a group, you know, whether it be a club or a group or whatever, like that you belong to, that is the one thing, like, you know, trading like the boots, like that the kids wear, they only wear them for a season, maybe two. You know what I mean? So they, they are still like brand new after they've worn them for that long. Yeah. So we switch stuff like that in amongst the group and swap it and whatever else too. That's, helpful too oh yeah that's a huge saver because you can't get i mean at least in the u.s you can't get a set of kids boots for less than a hundred roughly a hundred dollars you you know what we've just done is buy them large but even still you're, you're not getting any more than an extra year out of it right. yeah exactly so that's the nice part like you have a pair of boots we have a pair of boots that ruby wore all this year she'll so probably end up wearing them next year but they look brand new they look brand new even right like uh and that so yeah yeah well as long as they can go to good use that's the main thing exactly so, yeah. So in your experience, how much, you know, I mean, having the gear and everything is one thing, but how much space do you think kids need to just be able to learn how to, how to ride? Well, they need a ton. The key is open space. Cause I yeah. feel like kids like, or adults, they uh, fix on objects. So if there's a tree, they're going to go right for that tree. Right. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's good to learn an open space. Like we have a couple acres here. So we had, you know, enough room to practice you know on our grass but what's nice about uh gojo farm which is one of our properties is that we have the dirt track which there's no trees for them to go into so it's it's a good learning yeah. space so i think as long as there's enough room and no big obstacles yeah you don't need like hundreds of acres or anything like that for the kids like even uh if you have like a one acre open spot it's more than enough. Field. Yeah, it's more than enough to set up some pylons and 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 have them go. It's it's you don't need some massive area for them. It's more like for Everly, for instance, she turns counterclockwise amazingly, but won't go <laughs> clockwise. So it's you know we like I say we have maybe like an acre in the backyard that's open. So just being able to set stuff up to make her go back around the other way. To go clockwise is something to help, right? Like that's one of the things I find anyways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you guys have like certain exercises that you do with them? You know, even just a start, warm up, get used to certain things like stopping, starting, breaking, I feel turning. Like 
having a pep talk with her at the beginning, like reminding her, like, where are your breaks? Where just really making sure she's focused and not just like, you know, going. But yeah, we did the cones. And uh, I don't know if this is a recommended technique, but I did a lot of jumping in front of her bike. Surprise, emergency braking to see if she would actually stop. And she's really good. So always be ready for something to come up in front of you. Right. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, we we generally try to set them up. You know, there is always some kind of space limitation. So we always try to set them up with, you know, cones, circles, or ovals, left hand, then turn it around, right hand, then stop at some cones, and then start again, and just getting used to the stopping and starting and stuff. And actually, a lot of those things that we learned in the training classes Mm -hmm. for adults, I mean, they work just as well, you know, for kids. What's the adult training to kind of you're off topic here for for a second but what's the adult training program like in canada for um there's ways to bypass it and challenge the you know the exams but uh but we we didn't have the skills to do that so no you you can go and write it like you can go like you have to get your like here you have to get your m1 and you have to go and write that so no matter what you have to actually go and do a written test the first part and then the second stage you can either go and take a weekend class like we did where they teach you all that you set the cones up they have a course you have to they teach you stuff start stopping and balancing emergency braking emergency veering to one way or the other they teach you all that in that weekend course and then at the end on the the last day of the course the afternoon part is the test and then if you pass the test you get your second your middle you know uh, certificate Your your m2 and that so which uh, some of the way around it i think it's almost better in some ways because no, no, they teach you a lot of stuff you should know that like because here you just go write your license and then you can buy whatever motorcycle you want and jump on the highway and away you go more or less it's, yeah that's not uh, a graduated license like in cc's or anything in canada mm-hmm. um and then you have to wait i believe it's it's basically two years until you can go write your your full motorcycle license okay so before two years what can you do you can do everything basically except uh have any alcohol in your system which we wouldn't do anyway oh, yeah, right, right yeah right 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 yeah no. well that sounds similar to, to the us except that it sounds like you guys describe m1 and m2 at certain stages we just have a test and then if you take the course you get a cert card and you take it to the to our dmv which is you know the office and they just give you your m endorsement okay okay and that's and that's and that's pretty much okay well, well that sounds about the same so how about for gear for your kids you know like protection yeah, so uh, definitely I would recommend buying helmets new. I would not get a secondhand helmet as we all know what happens with our helmets. Oops, drops off the bike. Yeah. Um, I found it really hard to shop for kids' helmets because you measure their heads and then you're you know online shopping or whatnot and their heads are too big for a kid's helmet yet they're five years old. Like how does that make any yeah. sense? So they end up going into you know adult helmets and the extra smalls but then you're like kids helmets must be made lighter so then you worry about their little necks right so uh definitely i would recommend buying new helmets if you the lightest one possible like i would spend good money like i I worry about their necks uh then chest protector knees elbows and boots for sure and then if there's gloves goggles goggles. and if they're doing motocross the neck braces i see a lot of kids using those Mm, yeah yeah so it's basically i mean i mean you guys get them the full armor yeah absolutely like because they like like everybody gets going and she you know like if sometimes they don't pay attention 100 percent, or they get distracted by one of their friends their friends you know bumps them they fall off or they're going too fast and don't make the turn right it's it's Mm. yeah i get i get to recommend getting them everything yeah that's true the other thing too is is they're kind of like adults in some ways is that when they start racing, which I think is an impulse that happens subconsciously for the kids yeah, and, and some adults too, I think, but you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're just riding along and you think it's fine, but then someone passes you and it's like games on. Oh yeah. She, right. She's done, she's done racing. She's done riding and then she's talking smack. She's like, did you see I passed so-and-so on that? And I'm like, calm down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> trash, trash talking at such an early age. Right. That's great. <laughs> The thing too is though, like by buying them the gear and them wearing it now, as they like get older and go to ride with their friends, and maybe we're not necessarily there, it's kind of ingrained into them though to wear you know the proper gear too, right? 
at the yeah. all the time, even if you're not there watching them, that they put on their, their proper boots, they put on the shin pads, all that stuff. It's- Absolutely. And just as adults, how many times has your knee pad oh, yeah. saved you or your elbow pads? Like I ride with full gear all the time. Like those... <laughs> We wear them for a reason, right? Yeah, it's always at one time. Like, you know, we, we always have somebody in the group who's like, oh, I forgot this, but they go it anyways. And the next thing, you know, they end up hurting themselves or whatever. Like, we've had that a couple of times. So, yeah, it's yeah. always wearing everything is, yeah, definitely needed. Like, it's important. Yeah, yeah. very important. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So, what is the the total bill you think, right? So, like, if, you know, like, like if someone has kids and they want to get their kids riding, you know what I mean? Like, like, Let's assume they've gone through the bicycles and the balance bikes, you know, when they're four or five years old on up, you know what I mean? You know, how much you think someone needs to lay out to be able to get their kids equipped and just kind of bumming around on the weekends on, on some, on some motorized Who's watching motorized. here? Is her, is the grandparents watching? I don't know if we should answer uh, this question. What, what did we buy? What did we buy that, uh, TTX or TTR for? About, it depends. So if you're going to buy something used, I that's probably the key like to get yeah. into it unless you yeah, have, use. unless you have several kids that you know are going to use the same yeah. bikes as they get older then of course buy something new but those pws like last i think the one that we have is from the 90s they last yeah they last forever forever yeah. and to resell them or you lose almost you, nothing you get yeah. your money's worth like yeah, yeah. so definitely probably yeah. close to a thousand dollars for a bike and then all the gear probably close to another thousand dollars, right? It's for for both kids or each kid. No, I, I wouldn't say it's a thousand bucks in gear. Okay. It depends on how many like riding outfits and stuff like that you buy them. But I think you're 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 probably saying a uh, hundred bucks for boots, and then you know elbow pads and knee pads, or maybe another like eighty bucks. You got a helmet, it's like about one hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Chest protectors. I think he's trying to get us to get into an argument here about money. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's better to budget more. Is the it, point? Yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the bikes is though is the bikes is you can like yes, you're shelling out say a thousand bucks for the bike now. But, you can but you're going to resell that bike for almost the same as what you paid for it. Yeah. All right. You know what I mean, as long as you maintain it, so that's it's an investment. I wouldn't say <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But you're not going to, like with the little kids' bikes, you're not going to be losing money on, on a little kid's bike. Yeah, 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 that's true. But nevertheless, you, you you do have to put out some dosh. I guess at that point, it's basically just having a space and then uh, some of the basic kind of like protective gear. What do you guys wear? Do you guys have any brands that you favor personally as adult riders? I think we're still kind of figuring it out, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like... Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been trying a bunch of different things, but I, I find for me, like depending on what it is, I find like a lot of like being like a bigger guy. I find the, my problem is a lot of the gear is for like little skinny people. Mm-hmm. And like I buy a 2X jersey and it looks like it's painted on me. And I'm, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's just, it's sitting in the pants. I find the pants are all small fitting. Is it the dad bod? Well, but he and I have dad bods in common. We're dad bod brothers. Exactly. And but that's the thing though. It's it's just it's I that's the one thing I find. I find a I find a lot of like men's gear. Mm. Uh I find a majority of it sized like like I bought a set of uh extra large like elbow pads and I don't have huge arms, but I find them like way too small for me, but they're supposed to be a men's like extra large. Like mm. that's the one thing I find. I find a lot of the some of the gear is not necessarily fitted to North American physique. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> physique, physique. That's right. Have you tried climb gear yet? No, we're we're too poor for that. Oh, okay. Well, some <laughs> of the climb gear is generally, you know, being a North American company, mm-hmm. their stuff is generally more cut for the North American body styles, at least for the guys. Right. You know what I mean? So with some things, it might not be as critical, like a shirt. Like if you're always wearing something over a shirt, but things like pants and stuff. Where, you know, you you know, like on tall bikes, you have to be able to swing your legs over and everything mm-hmm. like that. You know, it, it, if pants are too tight, I find it's more of a problem than if than if a jersey or something is too tight. Oh, yeah. And then you're trying to, like, put your shin pads. Like, I find for me, like, I always have to buy pants that are bigger in the waist to be able to fit, like, shin pads and stuff underneath the pants. And that, too, mm. right? Like, I find that's a yeah. problem. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So how did you guys navigate the gear sizing mess for the kids? I mean, I know that. You know, you said, you know, but like the, like the, the helmet sizes, but it actually goes deeper than that. Like the boot sizes, you know, like, like the pants and the shirts, jackets sizes, 
there's different companies they and and they have different standards for them i mean they're kind of universal but they're kind of not you know and it's definitely a wider variation of how they're classified than for adults Mm-hmm. I mean, did you guys just end up buying a bunch of different stuff and saying, oh, well, this fits, maybe it's too big, but we'll save it for later or, or what? Uh, we were given a lot of secondhand stuff and we ended up trading with people, getting secondhand. Most of your gear is secondhand. Um, like a bunch of the boots, like we bought boots like secondhand, we bought yeah. some boots. Because like you said, some of their pants, like somebody gave us a pair of pants saying, oh, it's going to fit your three-year-old for sure. I don't know what kid has a waist this big that's riding a motorcycle that would fit in these pants, but we ended up having to give those to other people because like this- It was just too small. Just yeah. too small. It just didn't make sense. So really the key is just to go to a bike shop and just have your kids try on, same as adults, but things even, fit different. Yeah, but even still, I find like we don't have- a lot of places here that sell like kids stuff. We only have a couple. That's the one thing I find, and they don't have like that. They don't have a lot of selection, so it's kind of like one of those you miss and match. Like try this, try that. Does that work or not? There's a lot of trying to figure that out, and that's a good thing too. If you have other people who have gear already that have kids, at least they can try each other's stuff on. They okay, yeah, that does fit, and that's how that, how that fits. And then you know for when you go to buy something at the store, right? Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. At some of our events had tables out and then like gear swaps, which work out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it makes kind of sense then, right? It's kind of one of these things where it's like being part of a community helps in lots of different ways. Yeah. You know I mean, from the practical ways to basically just having people to spend time and share with. And, you know, also when like when kids just learn from the parents, sometimes it's not as easy. You know, it's like if a husband and wife, like if we try to teach each other something or train each other something, sometimes it's better to have somebody else do it. Yeah. You know, because you're too used to each other and from time to time, husbands and wives get tested with each other. I'm, I'm totally guilty of that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, you know, and it's just, it's just, some, it's just better if sometimes if there's someone else there, you know what I mean? Right. That can, you know, that can be, be, be part of the scene and just kind of, you know, be, be an influence. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome that you guys have found a group, you know, and, the, and you guys are so close and also not having written so long, you guys are, you know, playing an active part in it. That's, that's really cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that uh, you're not. We're not the only ones who uh, bicker when we ride, and uh, yeah, kids don't really listen to you. I don't know why they don't listen to their parents. So when another adult gives them a piece of advice or tells them, "Oh, lean in a corner," and you've told them that ten times, and then they'll listen to the other parent, you're like, you know what? It's a win, right? Okay, good. Yeah, just take it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and you know, the more you watch the kids grow, the more you kind of realize we're just bigger versions of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, some things you grow out of some things you don't right and that's, that's, that's a, just a very big child yeah yeah and that's uh that's okay with me you know so going down the road do you guys have any do you guys see yourselves riding with with the girls for forever kind of thing and 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 trying to travel with them and or race um, well, Everly tells me that when she's 16, we're going to go on an epic around the world trip. So I'm going to hold her to that. That would be pretty awesome. She's already adventure, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's totally awesome. Oh yeah. She's super, she, she just, she'll say whatever, you know, to please mommy, I think, but I hope she'll want to do it. And then when they get a little bit older, like I'm, my goal is to eventually get an adventure bike. Like I'd like to get a bigger bike where I could go on long journeys and, when she's old enough to actually be able to sit on it and touch the pegs, I think that opens, you know, some two up adventuring with her kids. That'd be pretty neat to do. Right. That would be for sure. Yeah. That's a whole new, that's a whole new stage right there. Right. As for racing, I feel like anything competitive is not brings away from the sport. If you're totally into it, all the power to you, but that's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of time kind of takes away from the whole family dynamics of it. So if it's something that they want to get into in the future, we're totally open-minded to it. Will I encourage them into racing? I I don't know. We're open-minded to it, but the traveling is not, doesn't sound it, that appealing. It's like even just to go somewhere for the day with the two kids, like you've got to be prepared, right? Like you've got to, obviously, your stuff. Your, yeah, lunches. your lunches, your water, snack, lots of snacks for the kids before and after. Uh, you know, like we have a tent that we set up for shade for the kids, uh, you know, chairs, like all kinds. There's lots of things that, you know, just going out for the day for that involves. 
that there's a lot more than right. just uh which when they get older we'll be able to just jump on our bikes and you and, know go somewhere we yeah. won't have to right now it's more we set up at a hub and then we ride around with the kids and then come back because they're they're so little right no that's awesome well i mean it sounds like overall this is the start of just another adventure you know what i mean like you have the progress you make every day but then on the overall scale of things uh there's so much potential and it can go anywhere and that's that's the beautiful thing about an adventurous life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is an adventure. Like with the kids, it's always <laughs> an adventure. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but it, you know, but there's so much that we learn from them. Like having having a certain amount of curiosity, and this varies by kid too. But a certain amount of fearlessness, you know, like in what you do, you know, being able or being willing to take risks that we might not take as parents mm -hmm. because they don't care. <laughs> no, they just go. <laughs> yeah, they don't care, and I'm kind of jealous about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? but you know, but they just don't care, and it's nice to see that. You oh, know what yeah. I mean, little uh, free spirits. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and you know, it doesn't last forever. So you know what? Hell, just like you said earlier, you know what? It would have been really cool if I could have been doing this stuff when I was that age. I wasn't. Also, you know, like I started to ride when I was like 20 years old. You know, and my family also didn't, didn't, you know, we didn't have little bikes or anything like that. I was self-taught riding, basically, you know what I mean? But, yeah, man, being able to share that with the kids, it's, it's a whole new world moving forward. So I'm super excited for you guys. Do you guys have any last, let's say, uh, closing advice for people that have kids or, or, or maybe say plan to have kids, but, you know, they're not sure whether or not, you know, they can, they can mix motorcycling with family? Well, be patient. First of all, it's, it's like learning anything. It takes time to get it. So just all be patient with each other, really just have fun and just don't take yourself too seriously. Like sometimes we kind of over plan things, right. And yeah. the adventure is just, <laughs> sometimes it's not the destination. It's just getting there. Right. Yeah. And everything that goes, that goes wrong sometimes is the best part of the day after when you sit down and reflect on it. Right. But be prepared that it's going to become quite an addiction. So. Yeah. Right. And Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Same thing. Like having the kids, I enjoy seeing them riding, you know, not just our kids, but all the other kids in the group that we ride with the different ages. And there's a lot of things like to, to you can do that makes it easier on yourself, like in being prepared and just taking the time to have a bit of a setup. So it's, easier and you're not out in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need this or I wish I had that for the kids. Like if you come prepared, it, it makes it very easy to to be able to deal with the kids that way. And to have fun. Uh, yeah, and his, have fun. Yeah. And his shirt says pit crew on the back because that's what he feels he is. <laughs> yeah, there's a fair bit of setup and togetherness and fixing yeah. bikes and putting tents up and down and getting the trailer set up and, and all. Well, that's totally cool. And to be honest with you, most of riding is not riding. It's the, you know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's all the stuff. Code in the afterwards and that I think is a big part of it. Yeah. And all, all the bonding and sharing the stories and everything like that. And yeah, man, if, you know, I mean, if you can give that gift to kids early on, mm -hmm. I don't really know what else you could give them. That would be much better. You know, family time, outdoor activity, some exercise, some social activity, you know, some both mental and physical simulation, mm -hmm. skills learning. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. And it's a marvelous thing. And it's really cool that you guys are doing it, especially uh, because uh, you, know, you guys both also just recently got your licenses. So I think that that's double awesome and triple congratulations. Well, thank you. It's never too late. There's people in our club that started riding in their 50s and they're doing awesome. Yeah. So don't be discouraged by, by your age. That's right. That's right. Old or young, you can do anything mm -hmm. you set your mind to. You just have to be willing to put in the work, right? Right. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, that's about all the time we have for tonight. Um, the sign off. I do want to give you a ch one last chance, though, if there's anyone from your club or family that you want to give a quick shout out to. Well, just shout out to all the star members, to our parents. I bet they're watching. Yeah. Everybody's and, uh, watching grandma, grandpa, and yeah. Nana, and I, everybody else. And Yes. And a shout yeah. out to our friend, Cassie, who was standing in the back. That's not her child, but she's watching the kids downstairs. Yeah. So big shout out and thank you to her. Awesome. 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 Thank you. All right, guys, please hang around for a few seconds uh, to after the closing and we'll talk again real soon. All right. Thanks. Well, all right. This has uh, been a crazy year, but thanks again for the full throttle family for taking the time to come on tonight. I hope you didn't cut in the kids bedtime too much. They look like lovely children. 
But you know, while we tend to think of writing as a solitary activity, it actually takes a whole community of people to keep it going. You know, all of the bikes and the related products and services that we see today are really only there because there are people that continue to support them. And it's very hard to overemphasize that. But to stay in the test of time and to be sure that future generations get to experience the same kind of joy of riding that we do, you know, getting kids on board is not only about having tons of fun, but it's also developing safe and respectful motorcycle habits. And that is super important. So if you guys want to learn more or follow their story, please visit at the Full Throttle Family on Instagram and stay tuned for ADV Moto, print and web as we include more family featured fun in our content for 2021. But that's not all we have in store for 2021. To wrap up this not so crazy year that all of us I'm sure cannot wait to get into the rearview mirror, this will be the only episode of ADV Moto Live this month and as such uh, episode 20 is sort of our season uh, finale. But uh, we still have ADV Moto Pod with Nathan Slabaugh that should be on next week. And then we'll take a short break and return in January, I believe that's January 7th, with a good friend of ours, Jocelyn Snow, where we'll be talking about 2021 adventures, tools that we can use to chart short or long trips, both near and far. And also this will be right in the middle of the Dakar rally. Our content editors, Justin Kira, will be there and hopefully maybe we can get a message from them from the race itself. But as always, your support means a lot and keeps the motorcycle world running. We hope everyone has a restful and warm holiday season, spending time with the ones we care about, and maybe even spinning a wrench or two. In the meantime, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel and visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more news, reviews, videos, podcasts, merch, and more. Until next time, from everyone here at ADV Moto, ride safe, have fun, and happy ha-ha holidays. Wow.